You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week I have something slightly different for you in the sense that I am interrupting your quote-unquote regularly scheduled programming um, for something that I think is more important because it's more timely. Um, And of course, with this podcast, there's no such thing as regularly scheduled programming because I kind of just make it up as I go and I talk about things that I think are interesting and important and I talk to people who I think are interesting and important. So this week we are touching on um, the topic of the podcast two weeks ago about geotagging. In the first episode two weeks ago I talked with Logan Fall about the safety and the ethics behind geotagging and cases both for and against and maybe how to do it properly and when to avoid it. And In the past week or two, we've had a significant event here uh, in the United States, in the southwestern United States, that has prompted more of a discussion about um, geotagging, leave no trace, etc. And I want to talk about that today, um, give you all as much information as I have about it, and talk about some of the ramifications of this event, experience, sculpture, whatever you want to call it. And so, of course, the thing I'm talking about is the Utah monolith. Chances are you've heard of the Utah monolith. On November 18th of 2020, biologists were conducting a survey on bighorn sheep in the southeastern Utah area um, by helicopter when one of them spotted something very unnatural in in its shape in the landscape. Um, And so they swung the helicopter back around, gave it a little park, and went to go investigate this thing that has since become the Utah monolith. It was about a nine and a half foot tall metal sculpture that was kind of triangularly shaped and clearly didn't belong in that particular canyon, wasn't a naturally occurring feature. Uh, Two days later, on November 20th, the Utah Department of Public Safety, DPS, posted a picture of this monolith and kind of talked about where, how the biologists found it and uh, what what a thing it might be, although they did not um, disclose the location of it. And inadvertently, they sparked a worldwide infatuation, curiosity, um, that led to a frantic search for the sculpture in and of itself. Within just a few hours, uh, internet hounds had found the location of the sculpture on maps using like Google Maps and a few other resources that were available to them and years of learned, earned expertise. Um, Within just a few days, people began to visit the monolith. And so less than a week later, the piece was actually removed by local vigilantes uh, in an effort to stop the onslaught of visitors to the site who were causing irreparable damage to the fragile, previously untouched environment. So this is just a short snippet, and really it's just a short 
piece of time that this whole thing went down anyway. Over the course of a little over a week, the thing was discovered by state biologists, presented to the public, not announced where it was, but the public found it anyway, because we are resourceful sons of bitches when we want to be, um, and then also removed as a result. So the sculpture in and of itself wasn't the problem, really. Um, I mean, it was litter and it was vandalism to install it there. The sculpture itself, the monolith, had been installed four years ago, over four years ago, sometime between July 7th and October 21st of 2016, according to Dutch journalist Nuska Dusar. And likely the only people that knew about its existence for the majority of those four years were the people who installed it themselves. If the sculpture had been stumbled upon by other biologists or hikers, explorers, or other BLM employees or government staff, um, it was never disclosed. The minute the monolith became an internet sensation, though, things changed. Um, as people started to hear about the mysterious silver structure, some people claiming it was from outer space, um, and, and no one really knows who made the thing in the first place, but it was probably made and installed by more than one person because of its size and complexity. Um, but anyway, the thing, it was a big old mystery, and uh, its attraction grew. The more the mystery grew, the more people's attraction to the mystery grew. And once the location was determined within a few hours and then widely shared, this is the important part, uh, folks flocked to the undeveloped canyon to get their chance at seeing it with their own eyes and taking pictures for their own Instagram feeds. And to be clear... There is not a single thing wrong with wanting to see something yourself with your own eyes and experience it yourself. There is not a single thing wrong with doing it for the gram and getting yourself a picture. There's not a thing wrong with those with those motivations if you want to see it yourself or if you want to see it yourself and get footage. Nothing wrong with that in and of itself. When that becomes a problem is when people ignore leave no trace practices, when they are not being respectful and, and responsible for the environment that they're in. Um, when environments, and especially ones as fragile as the Utah desert, get damaged, we are jeopardizing the, the environment in and of itself. We're jeopardizing archaeological access and information, and people are putting themselves in harm's way. And so that's when wanting to see something for yourself and, and getting your own footage of it becomes a problem. And that's exactly what happened with the mad dash to the monolith. The rugged one-lane dirt road that had no amenities, no parking lot, no bathrooms, no rooms at all, um, became a pretty dusty superhighway for everything from cars to trucks to vans and buses and airplanes, dirt bikes, e-bikes, etc. And the formerly desolate single track trail that went into the canyon turned into a huge swath of trampled desert. Um, there were now multiple trails and human-caused erosion has really damaged the environment. Abby Hearn has a really good before and after shot series that I'm going to link to in the show notes. I highly recommend you check it out, but it shows exactly the damage that can be done by a large group of humans in a very short period of time. This thing was only known to the public for seven days before it was removed, and all of this damage happened in that short period of time. So visiting the monolith is a full day trek, right? The hike in to get 
to the back of the canyon where the monolith was is only 10 to 15 minutes from the road, but the road to get there, the drive itself, is a really rough, long road. It is not near things. It's like kind of sort of near Moab, but this trail is not really near much of anything. Um, it's not paved. There's no amenities. Like I said, there's no self-service. There's no water. And this could have been really dangerous for people if they ventured out into the desert unprepared with the wrong vehicle or no water or like didn't tell anyone where they were going. And like fortunately, unfortunately, enough people were visiting this spot that an unprepared visitor could likely get a lift, get a drink of water, get some shade, whatever it is that they needed. Um, but, you know, even tow trucks were being sent out to rescue drivers with cars who were unable to clear the bumps on this road. Can you imagine how big a tow truck is and how much damage that is causing to the environment, along with all these other cars that are eroding the road and not parking in areas that they're supposed to because there's not really anywhere to park back there anyway? Because so many people, people visited, the land really suffered the consequences. Yes, the sculpture's installation crew definitely damaged the rock when they cut into it. They cut a triangle into the sandstone so that they could place the sculpture there four years ago. But so much worse damage came from the unaware masses who just hoarded to see the spot once it became a worldwide phenomenon and the location was advertised. Installing art on public lands is illegal. It's litter. It's vandalism. Defecating in the desert is a misdemeanor. Monetizing public land, like filming or taking photos for commercial use or to sell uh, without permitting, is also illegal. So if those who had originally found the monolith online and or in person had adhered to leave no trace precedents and kept the location to themselves... The mystery would still be alive and well, and so would the landscape it's nestled in. As of now, everybody knows about the monolith. Everybody knows that it's gone. Everybody knows that it was man-made, and there are notions as to who made it, but we'll probably never know who actually made it. We know who removed it, because two of the four people who removed it came forward and admitted to it, and they had really good reasons for doing so, because it was causing damage and wreaking havoc on this really fragile environment anyway. If the locals hadn't removed the monolith, it's very likely that some government staff would have, some BLM staff probably would have been sent out there to remove it, but perhaps not. Perhaps the BLM uh, that it's on would have been forced to put in a paved road um, to get there because so many people kept going and cars kept getting stuck. Perhaps they would have built a parking lot or a pathway to the sculpture. Maybe they would have added bathrooms, etc. And the canyon that was formerly ignored would have gone the way of Horseshoe Bend. And doing so would have required significant resources, manpower, and money. And it's unlikely to have been awarded that with the current budget constraints on our public lands. And to be honest, like there's definitely a good thing that can come from this whole story. And that's that there's a greater awareness of our waning, fragile, coveted public lands. The canyon that the monolith was installed in is in a section of land that was protected in the Bears Ears National Monument that Obama protected during his last term. Um, and then it was unprotected by Trump in 2017. And in a very, this is why we can't have nice things kind of way, the 
reaction to the monolith, the mass reaction, shows that many Americans don't know the ethics, the rules, the guidelines around using public lands. They don't know or follow the leave no trace principles. They don't know not to step on crypto soil or not to trample plants either with your foot or with your car. They don't know that it's not okay to not drive on the desert floor where there isn't already car tracks. They don't know that there's no toilet paper fairy and you need to pack out all of your shit with you and that includes the teepee and the poop itself and no you cannot just hide it under a rock. That's not how that works. One of the biggest things about this environment that is so unique to many parts of Utah and some parts of Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, is that crypto soil, that layer of crypto soil on top of the desert floor. The desert comes off as a very dry, dusty place, and the sand is just loosed and it blows everywhere. And this is true in some parts of the desert, but in this part of the desert, there's this thing called crypto soil. Cryptobionic soil, I think, is the full name. But basically, it's a crust that forms on the top of the ground, and it's living. It's a living crust. It's a living, breathing crust. It's kind of a bacteria, I think, or some kind of fungi. I'm not a scientist. I don't really know what it is um, on that level, but I do know it when I see it, and it's a very crusty-looking thing. Usually, it's black or has maybe some white speckles on it, but it takes hundreds of years for the soil to get to the way that it was, and now so much crypto has been completely destroyed. The crypto, on top of being alive in and of itself, actually helps the desert from eroding away. It holds the soil in place when wind and rain would just blow it away and cause a lot more erosion. This is a very delicate, hard-to-grow species or type of life, and it's been completely trampled. So we need to educate ourselves and others about these issues before we go out into the wilderness, especially to see a striking view or a piece of art, modern or ancestral, um, or some kind of other historical area or fragile environment. There are a ton of free resources online. There are lots of local maps um, to trip reviews or guides or tips. There's lots of warnings you can find online. But if you simply go to Instagram, see a picture of a monolith, click on the tag that says where it is, pull up Google Maps, and then drive your happy self out there, you're probably going to see something really cool and beautiful, but also you could potentially be causing a lot of damage inadvertently. You could be contributing to this erosion. You could be contributing to the fact that Public lands are not going to be here for us in the future, especially if we don't learn how to treat them. And you could be putting yourself in real danger if you don't have, like I said, the water, the tires, the cell service needed to get to and from these places. By geotagging and widely sharing the location of the monolith and making its whereabouts known to the public, we've fed into the infatuation that kind of ballooned onto the scene and uh, we also jeopardized the land, the wildlife. I mean, originally, the biologists were out there helicoptering around to count the bighorn sheep, and the bighorn sheep are sure as shit not going to hang around an area where there are hundreds of humans and the rumble of a ton of cars or airplanes or dirt bikes. Like, that's not what they want to be around. They're going to leave. So that's going to affect them as well. Um, and it's also going to affect our access to these remote parts of the country. It could take hundreds of years for this canyon to return 
to its previous state. And that's, that's a positive outlook. That's not even realistic. <laughs> the actions that we take today have consequences. And we are, often inadvertently, ruining the planet, not only for the generations that are coming after us. We're actually giving reason to limit our already limited access or even the amount of public lands we have available to explore. So before you geotag, I want you to consider the potential outcomes and the consequences of your actions. Consider your audience, consider your impact, and consider the environment. Go see cool shit, absolutely. I do not want to hinder people from seeing cool shit. I don't want to shame anyone, and I don't want anyone to feel like the outside is not theirs to enjoy. But if you're going to go see cool shit, do the research first. Be responsible, be respectful. Make sure that you're staying on trails or in washes or on rocks that are not going to erode the way crypto soil does. Pack out everything you take in, and that includes your own poop. Do not touch delicate plants, petroglyphs, ruins, animals, or anything else. Enjoy the outdoors and be smart about it. We are responsible for the lands that we recreate on. They're beautiful and absolutely worth seeing. So let's just do it right and ensure that we can continue to do so for decades to come. I would really like that. I'm on public land right now as I record this. I'm on public land probably 90% of the time. And I absolutely love it. I also have a tendency to bring an empty grocery bag with me when I go out on hikes or to hot springs or to ruins. And I pick up other people's trash and I bring it out with me. And yeah, I wish there wasn't trash out there. But there is. And the best thing I can do is to pack it out with me. Sometimes people leave trash behind on accident. Sometimes it's more deliberate. Either way, if you see trash, pick it up. If you see someone parked in an area they're not supposed to be, politely... Tell them that they're parked in an area that they aren't supposed to be. If you see someone off trail, politely guide them to where the trail actually is. And when you're out there recreating, hiking, camping, climbing, dirt biking, whatever it is that you want to do, consider what your impact is in more than just where you put your own boots, right? Like, think about, like, am I going to take a picture that looks like I'm off trail because then people are going to think I'm off trail and then they're going to think it's okay for them to be off trail. You have to think about it from two, three, four, twelve 12 steps down the road as well. So please get out there and view our public lands. Be considerate about what you're doing on them and how you're conveying the messages to them when you're done. And uh, let me know what you think about the monolith and your thoughts about how the situation was handled. So I hope you guys found some value out of this episode and, again, the previous episode about geotagging. I do believe this is going to be an ongoing series. If you have specific thoughts or questions that you want me to share or answer, uh, let me know. Leave them in the comments or send them to me in a message. If you found value in this episode, go ahead and give it a thumbs up, five stars, whatever it is on the podcasting platform that you are consuming this on. Uh, Share it with somebody who you think needs to listen to it, who might find it interesting as well. And if you want to support the podcast directly and offset some of the costs that go into producing it, I have a Venmo and a PayPal set up in the description below. So if you guys tune in next week and thank you again for listening to Deliberate Living. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living, and until then, keep your life on the DL too.